Welcome to New Providence Missionary Baptist Church, where we envision to build a biblical community of loving believers, which have a personal relationship with God and each other, modeling the pattern of lifestyle of Jesus Christ. Join us now as we prepare our hearts and minds to hear and receive the Word of God from the man of God, Senior Pastor Rev. Nathaniel Wood. Three Sundays ago, I began a series of sermons from Acts 27 that I titled Shipwrecked. The first sermon of the series was titled When Contrary Winds Blow. The Apostle Paul was on his way to Rome to stand before Caesar. Paul had already appeared before the Roman governor named Festus, where he appealed to him to send him to Caesar. While waiting on his trip to Rome, Festus talked with the Judean king named Agrippa. And Agrippa asked to have Paul brought before him in order to hear after hearing Paul's testimony, King Agrippa said to Paul, do you think that in a short time you can persuade me to be a Christian? So Paul and some of the other prisoners were handed over to a centurion named Julius, and they set sail on the first leg of their trip to Rome. Their first stop was a port named Sidon. And the Bible says that as a kindness to Paul, Julius allowed Paul to go and visit some of his friends in Sinai so that they may provide for his needs. And I said to you that we ought to thank God for favor. Even though Paul was in custody to Julius, God allowed him to find favor in the eyes of Julius. And I told you that God can cause us to find his favor, excuse me, even amongst those who are supposed to be against us. And after visiting his friends, the Bible says that they set out on the second leg of the trip to Italy, but the Bible says that the winds were against them. And I warned us that just because you and I are Christians does not exempt us from having contrary winds blow in our lives. The Bible then told us that the centurion named Julius found another ship that was going to Italy. Paul warned Julius that if it was, it was not good for them to continue their journey to Italy. Paul told them that the season for sailing wasn't right. And I said in this first sermon that you and I may possibly want to check our season. For it may not be the right season for you and I to set our ships a sail. The Bible told us that Paul warned them not to set sail, but they what? Refused to listen. And I ask the question, what man or woman of God has warned you not to sail off into the deep and you refuse to listen to their 
godly counsel. The owner of the ship, the captain, and the centurion failed to listen to Paul. And they sailed out of the port because the Bible said that a gentle south wind began to blow. And I warned us not to be fooled by a gentle wind because winds are subject to change. Just because things are going well in your life right now does not indicate that things will always go well. Then in sermon two, I spoke to us from the subject, we're going to make it. After warning the owner of the ship and the centurion not to sail to Rome at that time of the year, they refused to listen to Paul. So they set out to continue their voyage and ran into contrary winds. The winds were so strong that they had to pull the lifeboat on deck and lower the sea anchor. The sailors began to throw the ship's cargo overboard, and on the third day, they threw the ship's tackle overboard with their own hands. And we learned an important lesson from their actions, and the lesson was sometimes doing all that you can do is not enough to quell or stop the storm. Sometimes you can do all you can do in your own power to try to quell and survive the storm in your life and you can still become shipwrecked. And I told you sometimes God will allow us to remain in a storm and even allow our life ship to wreck in order for us to develop the faith that we need to trust him at all times and in every situation. The Bible told us that when neither sun nor stars appeared for many days and the storm continued raging, that those on the ship finally gave up all hope of being saved. And I said to us that when things in our lives continue to rage for the worse, it is easy for us to become filled with hopelessness. But then I encouraged us that hold on to God's unchanging hand when we are in the storm. And I ended sermon two by saying that the Bible said that the apostle Paul stood up before them and said, Men, you should have taken my advice not to sail from Crete. Then you would have spared yourselves this damage and loss. But now I urge you to keep up your courage because not one of you will be lost. Only the ship will be destroyed. In other words, Paul was telling them, We're going to make it. And on last Sunday, I lifted the third sermon from Acts 27 titled, What to Know When You Are in a Storm. The apostle Paul stood up before the men and tells them to keep up their courage because not one of them will be lost. Only the ship will be destroyed. 
Paul tells the men on the ship that last night, an angel of the God to whom I belong and whom I serve stood beside me. And I told us that when we are in a storm, we must know that we are never alone. The enemy of the kingdom of God wants us to believe that we are the only ones who has experienced a storm in our life. But the devil is a liar. Paul tells the men on the ship that his God sent an angel to him. God knew the storm that Paul was in. And I encouraged us to know that God knows the storm that we are in and that he can send us some help in our storm. He can send the word of encouragement to us. Paul tells the men that God sent an angel who stood by him while they panicked and feared of losing their lives. Paul said that the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Paul. You must stand trial before Caesar. And God has graciously given you the lives of all who sail with you. This brought me to the second point of last Sunday's sermon, which was when you are in a storm, just know that you need to stay connected to a man or a woman of God. Y'all remember that? God knew Paul and Paul knew God. God was going to save Paul because Paul had an assignment that God had given him. And I told you that no matter how great the storm may be raging in your life, when God has an assignment in your life, God will keep you alive. The apostle Paul was told by the angel that God had graciously given to him all the men who sailed on the ship with him. And I asked the question on last Sunday, can God use you to save others? Well, in ending last week's sermon, the Bible told us that Paul encouraged the men to keep up their courage. And he says to them, I have faith in God that it will happen just as he told me. And my last sermon point for last Sunday was when you are in a storm, just know that faith in God works. And so today, I want to give you sermon four of the series of sermons titled Shipwrecked. I want to tag this week's sermon with this title. What to do when you are in a storm. Now last week I told you there are some things we must know when we're in a storm. 
But this week I want to talk about things we must do to make it through the storm. In our selected scriptural text, we discover that 14 days had passed and the ship was still dealing with contrary winds. It was midnight and the Bible says that the sailors sensed that they were approaching land. They took two measurements of the depth of the water. The first measurement was 120 feet and the second measurement was 90 feet. Because the sailors feared that the ship would crash upon the rocks. They threw out four anchors from the stern of the boat. And the Bible said that they prayed for daylight. This brings me, Fred, to my first point. And that point is this. When you are in a storm, one thing you must do is pray. Tell your neighbor, pray. Now, deacons, I know I'm in a church crowd. And in a church crowd, we assume that this is a definite. But I have discovered that even in a church crowd, that there are some people who don't pray when they are in a storm. No providence and friends, just because people come to church does not necessarily mean that they are of the church. In other words, everybody is not a believer who shows up in church. Everybody does not know the true value of prayer. Can I be honest with you? There are some people who never pray. They don't pray when they're in a storm. And they certainly don't pray when things are going well for them. Lord have mercy. But I don't know about you. I've learned the value of prayer. Especially when I am going through a storm. I discovered that prayer helps me to weather the storms of life. And you know what I found out? I found out that the person who claims that they are an atheist, they say they don't believe in God, can and has changed their minds when they got caught up and one of life's storms. The Bible tells us that the sailors 
prayed for daylight. And I believe that it just wasn't the sailors who prayed, but most likely all 276 people that were on board the ship whispered a prayer. And my brothers and sisters, I am a witness that prayer can change things. And prayer can change people. Prayer can help us make it through the tough times. Let me, let, me, let me say this. When you and I are in a storm, we must, tell you, baby, you must pray. And guess what? You don't have to try to impress God by using big words when you pray. Our God hears a simple prayer. Matter of fact, he hears when we can only utter the words, help! Let, let, let me move on. I'm keeping y'all too long. The second thing that we must do when we are in a storm is watch out for pretenders. I'm, I'm still in the book. I'm still in the book. Watch out for pretenders. The Bible says that after Paul told the men on the ship, that the angel from God told him that everything was going to be all right and they were going to make it out alive, but only the ship would be lost. The sailors attempted to escape from the ship, pretending that they were going to throw anchors off the stern of the ship while they were actually preparing to throw the lifeboat into the sea. Why would these sailors pretend to throw anchors and try to throw the lifeboat? Now, y'all know that the lifeboat could not accommodate 276 people. So the sailors decided that they were only interested in saving themselves and nobody else mattered. And you know what, my brothers and sisters? Pretenders really only care about themselves. 
pretenders put on a facade to make us think that they are doing one thing when they actually are doing the opposite. Now, now I know, I know that you are aware of the fact that in the church you have some people who are downright pretenders. Why is it getting quiet? Yes, they use the right church language. They make a lot of noise. They clap their hands and pat their feet. And sometimes they do their holy dance. But they are the great pretenders. And you know what? God knows the pretender from his real children. Tell your neighbor, God knows. So when you and I are in a storm, the last thing that we need is a righteous pretender to show up on our ships. Well, lest I keep you too long, the Bible tells us that Paul saw what the soul sailors were up to. And let me say right here that you may think that you can get away with your pretending. But we serve a God who sits high and looks low. And he sees everything we do. And guess what? He can reveal your intentions to other people. Paul said to the centurion and to the soldiers, unless these men stay with the ship, you cannot be saved. This brings me to my next point. I'm almost through. And the point is this. When you are in a storm, tell your neighbor, stay on the ship. What are you talking about, Pastor Wood? Let me explain it like this. When some of us are going through a storm, the first thing that we do is abandon the ship that the saints are on. What ship? That ship is called the church. You know what? I've been passing here for 35 years. And I can tell when some of us are going through a storm because our seats are empty. When we are going through a storm, that is when we need the church ship. 
For in church we find encouragement from other believers. We hear the songs of Zion sung. We hear the word of God taught and preached. And we find the strength that we need to hold on until our change comes. And deacons, deacons, I know that the physical church has its problems. But the spiritual church always overrides the physical church. And I declare to you today that though the physical church has its imperfections, it is still the closest thing to God on earth. When the storms of life are raging in your life, don't abandon the spiritual church, which is the house of God. So the Bible says that after Paul told the centurion and the soldiers what the sailors were up to, the soldiers cut the ropes on the lifeboat and allowed the lifeboat to drift away. Just before dawn, Paul urged them all to eat. Tell your neighbor, eat. He tells them that it has been 14 days since they had eaten. And let me say right here that when you are in a storm, Sometimes it causes you to lose your appetite. Have you ever been in a storm that caused you to lose your appetite? Paul tells them that they need to eat because they needed food in order to survive. And my brothers and sisters, when you and I are in a storm, we need the food of the word of God to survive. When we are in a storm, some of us stop reading or eating the word of God. And when we stop eating God's word, we get weaker and weaker spiritually, which reveals itself in our flesh. We start doubting God's word and even feel like God has abandoned us. But I'm so glad that God's word is a lamp unto our feet. And it is a light unto our path. God's word can keep us afloat even in the storm he sees. And as I end the sermon, the Bible says, that Paul told the men 
that not a single hair on their heads will be lost. And after he said this, the Bible says he took some bread and gave thanks to God in front of them all. Then he broke it and began to eat. And the Bible says that the men were encouraged and ate some food themselves. And there were 276 on board the ship. This brings me to the last point of the day's sermon. When you are in a storm, you need to still tell God thank you. Paul takes bread and gives thanks to God in front of them all. Now understand with me that the storm is still raging. Paul did not give thanks after the storm, but he gave thanks while he was yet in the storm. And my brothers and sisters, you and I need to give thanks to our God even in our storms because giving thanks to God helps us to remember who is in control. Telling God thank you can lift us out of despair and cause us to hope for a better and brighter day. The Bible says that Paul thanked God before them all. In other words, he wasn't ashamed to thank God before all the men on the ship. And I wonder, is there anybody here who is not ashamed to give God thanks in this crowd? Is there anybody here who's not ashamed to tell God thank you? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I don't know about you, but I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be on my mouth. Can I help you out? Will you help me? The Bible says, come magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. Is anybody here willing to exalt, glorify, magnify the name of the Lord? What 
You know, when you can praise God and thank God in the midst of your storm, that makes the devil mad. Because the devil thought that the storm was going to cause you to lose your faith and lose your hope. But when you can stand in the devil's face, even while you're in the midst of your phone storm, and say, God, I still thank you that you are in my life. And I know that you're going to bring me through. We know that you have been blessed through the hearing of God's Word on this day. We invite you to join us at New Providence Missionary Baptist Church, located at 4813 Hilltop Needmore Road, Fuquay, Verena, North Carolina. For more information, you can contact our ministry at 919-552-3531 or visit our website at www.newprovidencebaptist.com. Thank you for joining us and be blessed.